0: Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. My name is Cindy Kuzma, and this week I talked to not one but two goal getters, Sarah Newcomb and Matt Woodburn. They are the co-founders of ESP Presents, which is a boutique event production firm here in Chicago, and also of Exchange312, a fantastic new event space. In fact, we got to do the interview at Exchange312. It's here in Wicker Park. And if you haven't been, I highly recommend you check it out. It is gorgeous. Sarah and Matt are partners in business and in life, and I really enjoyed hearing their different but complementary perspectives on goals. Matt clearly follows his passion and really lets the opportunities that he seeks drive him, whereas Sarah seems to be a little bit more of a planner, targeting a specific goal and then planning the steps needed to get there, even though, as she points out, she doesn't always know what those steps are when she sets her sight on that goal, but What they share is a passion for creating experiences that are really sort of revolutionary for the guests who attend them and that serve a bigger purpose of helping their clients. And their clients, by the way, are really cool. They are brands that are purpose-driven. They are nonprofits that are raising money for important causes. It's clear that they get their motivation from helping other people make the world a better place. One of the things that really struck me about Matt is that he talked about his big goal as being creating a space for others to succeed, artists and creatives and individuals that he'd known for a long time. If he could achieve a level of success that would allow him to share that success and expose other people to the skills and talents of the people that he has known and worked with for so long, then he would see himself as a success. And wow, what a compelling motivation. From Sarah, I took this idea that no goal is too big to say out loud confidently, in fact. And she talks about this one really big specific goal that she had earlier in her career and early in her life. That goal didn't actually come to fruition, but the way she pursued it and what she learned along the way laid the foundation for all of the success that she's had since then. And one last piece of timely and exciting news about Matt and Sarah and their business is that Exchange 312 will host its second Bide Market, Chicago's first sustainable luxury shopping experience from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on December 15th. You can find more info about how to get all of your holiday shopping done there at bidemarket.com. I think you will really enjoy hearing how they work together to achieve their goals, how in fact they wouldn't have it any other way. And I am really glad to bring you this conversation with Sarah and Matt. So here it is. This is Cindy Kuzma, and I am here on the We Got Goals podcast with Matt Woodburn and Sarah Newcomb, who are the co-founders of ESP Presents and Exchange 312. Matt and Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy to be here.
0: Great. And before we get started, I wondered if you could just introduce yourselves a little bit. Tell us uh, briefly who you are and what you do. Well, I'm Sarah Newcomb. I am the co-founder and
2: president of ESP Presents and Exchange 312. We produce events all around the city of Chicago and hopefully across the world soon. And we run and operate a high-end luxury event space here in Chicago called Exchange 312, where we also produce experiences and um, love to host.
1: I'm uh, Matt Woodburn, the other half of, of the uh, ESP Presents and Exchange 312 um, companies. And uh, like Sarah said, we like to produce experiences for people. Um, so we do that through our experiential agency, and we do that through the event space, Exchange 312.
0: Yeah, We're excited to hear more about both of those, but first I want to hear just about you two and how you came together and joined forces.
2: So Matt and I met in uh, around 2011, and I'll let Matt share his story with you, but we've both been event producers our entire lives. My background is working at a large nonprofit cancer center in Boston where I produced um, experiential events and raised money for an incredible organization. And I moved to Chicago around 2010, and... um, you know, sort of looked for my my next adventure and my next chapter, and I ended up working at a company uh, that was producing experiential mud runs. And during that time, I thought to myself, well, at this point in my life, I've done every event that I can. Uh, I've produced almost every event that's out there except for weddings, which I still sort of stay away from. And uh, I said, the one thing that I would really love to do is create a space that I can host in. And how about finding a a venue, a space that I can do anything that I want. And this was sort of before the venue trend was up and coming. And I was introduced to Matt about uh, two years after I kind of had that idea. And I'll let Matt continue the story from here. Dun, dun, dun.
1: (laughs) So yeah, Sarah and I were were introduced to a mutual friend that we were working on some events together and he was taking us out as these hired guns. And so we got to uh, know each other that way uh, and find out that we had this shared passion about opening a space, an event space. Um, and for me, it was um, back when I was doing events freelance out of college or shortly out of college, the coolest events to me were ones where we would take uh, unexpected space and turn it into something for a night. And then, you know, it goes back to whatever it was, an old factory or, you know, a big auto garage or an airplane hangar or something like that. And I, I just loved that transformation that would happen and the the look and experience I guess would have in a space that they've never been in before. And at the time when the 2008, 2009 hit the real estate market so hard, all of these buildings were turning over and it just seemed to be a good time uh, to look at big open space. At the time I was working, um, looking at opening something in the West Loop, which how great would that have been if it had all worked out? But the idea was still the same. And Sarah and I shared this, this idea of where can we bring in people, host, and do something different every night? So with our event producer backgrounds and now getting to know each other, we came together on um, a property that I invested in called the Chop Shop in Wicker Park. So um, if you're not familiar, it's a bar, restaurant, music venue. And we took this old auto body garage that was basically a chop shop operated by the mob back in the 70s and uh, rehabbed it and turned it into uh, a concert venue and, and bar restaurant for you know, for all types of events, um, we've done a couple weddings there. We've done lots of an auto launch, you know, lots of food stuff in the culinary space. So Sarah and I came together there. But while doing that, we kept getting uh, inquiries from our our past lives and past clients about, "Hey, I know you guys are focused on that, but could you do this in this space over here or this in out of the state?" And it was hard for us to say no to certain clients. So we decided we could probably only do this if if we do it together, because right now we're working so well. We got this current business cruising. Let's try one and see how it goes. So we did that. And as we started down that path, we're like, well, we should be billing for this and we should have a company around this. And what are we gonna call it? And that was the birth of ESP Presents. I I guess I could let Sarah tell you the the reason behind it or the, the name, but, uh, experience, strategy, purpose is what we came up with. ESP uh, is something that we were told by many people that we seem to have about each other. We finish each other's sentences. We're always you know, thinking in the same vein. Uh, and we like that idea of if we're working for you as a client, we're thinking about the next step. We're, we're in your, your head, we're helping read your mind. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's where ESP you know, kind of came from. And uh, yeah, here we are today.
0: Yeah, here we are today in this gorgeous space. Um, I should have mentioned that we were sitting in Exchange 312. So, thank you so much for hosting You're us welcome. today, too. <laughs> so, hearing about your backgrounds and your shared passion, I mean, it really leads right into the big question the first big question we have here on We Got Goals, which is what is a big goal you've achieved? Why was it important to you? And how did you get there? So, Sarah, I don't know if we want to start with you, um, if you want to answer that first. Sure. Um, you know, goals are very important to me personally and
2: professionally. And I've always sort of been of the mindset that you, you know, think of them in short term and long term. And, you know, as it gets to the end of the year, I've already sort of planned out what I'd like to see happen in the year ahead so I can be ahead of the curve a little bit. And I think um, for me, the space that we have created and that we're sitting in today at Exchange 312 is really my goal that's come to life in a very real, concrete, tangible way. And it's funny because I think back to, you know, before I started working with Matt over at Chop Shop, I was living in River North, and I, you know, I'm not sure if our listeners are familiar with the neighborhood down there, but there's an old firehouse at uh, Illinois and Franklin, and I lived right next door to it, and every day I would walk past that firehouse on my way to my job, and I would say, I'm going to get that space, I'm going to get that space, I'm going to get that space. And uh, <laughs> I willed a, a visit into this space, into fruition, if you will, because one day I was walking past and I saw a truck sitting out front and I just happened to go up to the guy sitting in the truck and I said, do you have keys to this space? And he said, uh, I do. And I said, is there any chance that you could show it to me? I'm an event producer and I'm actually looking for a, a property and I've you know, been trying to get in touch with the... Uh, no, know, the, the owner, but haven't heard any response. And I'd love if you could just give me a quick peek. <laughs> and he looked at his watch and he said, yeah, I have a couple of minutes. And he, he brought me in and this is like a dilapidated firehouse. And in my head, I'm like shaking all of a sudden with excitement because he's actually taking me into this space. And I walk in and it was, it's so broken down on the inside, but it was so beautiful. And I said, I, again, I have to get this. And so I, I reached out to a realtor friend and long story short, you know, two months later, a friend had snapped a photo of me. She had an office in the neighborhood, standing in front of the firehouse. Matt was there. Um, a contractor was there. About six or seven men around me in a circle, and they had they had blueprints, and we were going inside to do like a site survey of the space. And I just I couldn't believe that this was actually possibly happening. And you know, things happen and and the the potential investor I had didn't pan out and thank goodness it all happened for a reason because I was much younger and I wasn't ready for what a space holds, but it was through that process that I just believed I I would have it and I wasn't afraid to tell people I would have it and during that process I found a, you know, future business partner that I created my dream with. And so now we're sitting in a space that's 5000 square feet it hosts every sort of event that you could dream of and creatives and entrepreneurs. And we've hand-selected every element here. And I got to have that moment where I walked through with a hard hat on my head and a team of contractors and said, this is what I want. And now we're here. So that, that's definitely big <laughs> for me.
0: <laughs> well, I want to hear Matt's take on it too, but I'm curious, Sarah, because you know that story does involve some disappointment mm-hmm. um, from the first space. How did you deal with that, and how did you stay resolute toward your, toward your bigger goal?
2: Yeah, that's a, a great question, and I think you need to just sort of put everything in perspective and sort of pay attention to the signs that are around you happening. Um, you know, I made great friends with the valet at Jean and Giorgetti, actually, across from that firehouse, Angelo. And I would, you know, walk past Angelo a number of days, and he'd say, Sarah, you don't you don't want that. Like, it's it's got asbestos inside or so. no one's been able to get that building for, for years. And I said, it's okay, Angelo, like I'm going to be the one to get it. Um, but I sort of just paid attention to things that maybe, you know, it was a very lofty goal for one person in her late twenties to get a piece of real estate in river North to that stature. And luckily, you know, I, when I met Matt and we were working on these events together and he said, well, I'm opening up a space and I can't do all this on my own. Why don't you just come and see it? When I walked into his space, it was everything that I wanted and it was the hard work was already done. I had the opportunity to come in there and say, okay, well, it's a blank canvas. I can sell it. I can create in it. I can learn and, um, you know, like I mentioned, it was really a blessing in disguise because what I learned through that process of working with Matt and sort of building a new space, but not having any of the true like responsibility of being the true business owner in that case helped me to say, okay, that was, you know, this, this was the next step that I needed.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Matt, uh, what would you say about a goal that you've accomplished? Is it similar or do you have a different take?
1: I would, it's the thing about goals is a really funny thing to me because I remember, Um, I started my first business at 21 years old in college while I was going through a film school program and I wanted to, I decided I wanted to be in the music business. So long story short, I opened a recording studio with a friend, comes from an entrepreneur mindset and family. And we pulled something off that didn't seem possible. Um, but you know, we thought we were living the dream and it was great. But the thing I've come to learn is sometimes you build something and then you have to, you have to keep it going. You have, to, you, have to, you have to nurture it. You have to, it's like, that's when the hard work starts. It's really hard to build something, to start something and get it going. And then it's also really hard to keep it going. Yeah. Um, so it was funny. That was like a, a, a young entrepreneurial lesson I learned. And in having that real responsibility after you get something open at such a young age, we, we not that we burned out, but there was disappointment it was exciting, and it was also like, "Wow, it's a gift and a curse." Sometimes, so um, I have kind of always just done what I wanted to do. I set my mind on it, and then I go after it and, and do it. And I've I've learned some hard lessons that way. I also had, you know, some very euphoric, you know, feelings about, "Wow, I I, cro- I hit that summit," you know, and and that's great. So I just always remember people during that time, that early, like college and right out of college like what's your five-year plan i'm like i don't know i and and that used to bother me so much i'm like i can't see one road for me that just makes sense like i i want to do this and i want to do that i want to have a recording studio and i want to open a restaurant i mean I, i i think i had those little pieces in my brain but i also thought that those were crazy thoughts you know like that's probably not what i should be thinking about i should be thinking of a track figuring out these are the steps like by this point you're a, this title by this point you're this title i just i don't know but that's just not the way my brain works so it's tough for me to have goals my goals i'm i kind of see it more as like milestones like i want to be doing this and that and that by this point you know i, I want to be doing having this but then also be a better business person i want to be uh, I want to own a business, but I also want to be a better public speaker. I want to have three businesses, be a better father. Those are, I guess, those are goals, but it's just, I can't think of one thing where I'm like, by this point, I want to be here. Just because I don't want to write that story ahead of time. I kind of just want to put my heart and soul into what I'm doing right now as best I can. And when the next great thing comes up, if it's really that tempting, then I go for it, and it might uh, <laughs> it might be hard, it might be difficult, but uh, that's that's the way I look at it.
0: Yeah. Well, I love hearing both of your answers because the the great thing about this podcast we got goals is we talk to people who've achieved amazing things, and they have totally different mindsets about goals. Some people are like, I have a five-year plan, I have a 10-year plan, I back it up to every 20 minutes. <laughs> and some people are, um, I think about Dawn Jackson-Blattner, who's a dietitian and a superstar, and she's amazing. She was on uh, one of our first episodes, and she's, she lives by the, the maxim that joy is her compass. And she doesn't set solid goals. She does kind of like what you do. I mean, she achieves amazing things, but she kind of follows her passion and um, you know, works to seek the opportunities that really... Set her on fire because that's when she knows she's going to do her best work. Um, so, hearing this, though, I'm I want to hear more about how you two work together, especially when it comes to something that is like okay, a tangible space. Like we are in the space, and you know, it took a hard hat, it took planning, it took uh, probably some detailed steps of execution to get here. How do you two work together to make something like this happen?
2: I don't think we could have it done any other way. To be honest, I think you know Matt and I are partners in business and in life, and um, you know, people say, "How do you do that? It's so hard." But for us, we share a love of what we're doing, and we are can both be very emotional sometimes. Whether that's you know very excited and full of um, passion, and, and let's do it, and also sometimes really just down. Because it's not easy running a business and running several businesses and managing a team is an emotional roller coaster. It's, it's not a for the faint of heart. And so for the two of us, I think that we just really try to embrace each day for what it is, each moment for what it is. And with some of the, the things that are so hard or feel like they're very exhausting, like get through it. And then the next day or the next hour or whenever you know we have a moment to pause, we say, wow, that was really great. And it wasn't that hard and it felt really hard, but look what we have to show for it. And the space is a perfect example. You know, when we were building it out, we were running our production company full time and we had every expectation to be working with an interior designer. I mean, I think we wanted to have a say in how things looked, but we weren't expecting to do every piece of it. And through just a series of circumstances, we ended up designing the space. And so for us, a, a typical Monday actually looked like going into the office by you know 8 a.m., managing the business, managing the team, prepping for one of you know four, five, six, seven galas that were coming up in the next couple of weeks at six o'clock, going and picking up Matt's daughters from school, going home, having dinner. My mom actually came into town for a little bit of time and stayed with us. So she would stay with the girls and we would come back to the space open a bottle of wine, sometimes whiskey, and then select every paint color. <laughs> and, you know, we do it till 2 a.m. And, uh, you know, because we had deadlines, we, we actually, I think the thing about Matt and I is that we're just both very results oriented and um, we like to see the product of our work and we just get along really well. And so it,
0: it's been a pretty awesome journey. <laughs> Yeah, that, that kind of results that she was talking about. I mean, when you have goals that are a little bit more um, amorphous, like some of yours are, is it that kind of result? Is it like seeing something? Is it walking into the space? Like, how do you know when you've started to achieve success?
1: Well, wow, that's a great a great point. Um, I think there's a couple of things in what Sarah just said. And and one, talk about seeing the results of your work. Events is the perfect medium for that, right? You You plan it, then you execute it, and then in the moment you get to see it all come together and you get to see people react to it and it's it's the most gratifying thing for me so um that's the perfect payoff for all your hard work and then it's done you wrap it up in a tiny bow and put it on a shelf and you get to the next thing so that's that's really fun and rewarding for me and then another thing that i love that you said it is we are Probably on an emotional roller coaster ride all the time because we have so much adrenaline going you know at any given time, and then we also have to like really be thoughtful about what we're doing and um so there's it's I'm so glad to have met a partner that we have this mass passion and work ethic, so because none of this can be done in an eight hour day, and so the way we're operating right now you know just is are probably you know 16 18 hour days of being on um so it is nice that we you know also live together work together because this is right now a 24 7 thing And i think for a lot of entrepreneurs that is the case and i almost couldn't see it working any other way with my life partner you know like to have someone embedded in it with me obviously as a, as a bond and then also we just trust each other's work ethic and passion and drive for it so it's a real it's a true partnership
0: yeah we've talked to other couples uh who are entrepreneurs together before and uh it's it's Very sweet. I love watching you say these things in front of each other. I wish our audience could see you, too. Uh, We'll have to work on the video for next time. Uh, So a lot of times we I've asked this question before, like, are there things that you've learned working together that then um, apply to your personal partnership or vice versa? Or that you've learned from working together that have helped you, like, say, resolve conflicts or, or communicate better in your personal relationship, but it almost sounds like there's not necessarily a distinction for you two. But I'm curious how, how that interaction works or how you, if there's things that you've learned in one venue that kind of translate to the other, if that yeah. makes sense.
2: That's a great question. And I feel like I have a gut response. Do you have one? I
0: do. Do you want to start? Sure.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's actually, this is a, a, a tie back to something you said, but the uh, reference point that Sarah mentioned about the picture that someone took her conducting this meeting of like 20 men that came to her call. It was a, to seven. A, No, it's not. That's not true. I remember the picture. I vividly remember it. And that's, it was inspiring to me because um, this was a passion that she had. And she assembled this group of, of people that all took it very seriously. And all of us were there, I think, one for the curiosity of the opportunity and to the energy that Sarah brought to the to the table. And so I remember that and like why was I there? Like what was that all about? And um I just remember being inspired by her passion for it. And that has never faded. And so since we've been partners together, I'm constantly inspired by her passion for for this business and for events and for how we touch people and interact with people. So that is Inspiring to me, and that uh, that keeps me going sometimes.
2: I think I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are. (laughs) Thanks, Matt.
1: (laughs) Wow. Um,
2: Thanks. Well, so for well, I don't even know how to top that one. (laughs) That that feels so great. I feel so grateful. Thank you. Um, I think for for me, it's how we communicate with each other, and how we talk, and how we sort of uh, sometimes need to define. What our expectation is at certain points of the day, um, maybe it's that energy that Matt was just speaking of. sometimes I can just go like it doesn't matter if it's a Saturday, if it's a Sunday, if it's our only day off, I think that if I get idle, I get a little bit antsy to be doing something where um, whether it's like repainting our house, which we did last Sunday night at nine pm after a day out, like I just I love to keep in motion. And so for Matt and I, like one thing I think that we've been working on and learning, we've always been able to talk very candidly and, and communicate very honestly and respectfully with each other about what we l- would like to see happen or, or feeling. And recently, I think we've done an even better job of just being able to say, okay, I really need to go and rest tonight. Or I you know, I don't have the energy to cook dinner, or I, I don't want to go out to dinner because I'm, I'm tired of being around too many people. Like we've just been very clear about in work and in personal life, like what we sort of need for our own self-care. And to that same point, I think that we both really try to do our best to support the other person when it comes time for that. You know, like sometimes Matt just needs to lay down at the end of the night at nine o'clock, 9.30. And I have to say, okay, like it's okay (laughs) if he wants to lay down. Like I'll keep doing things for a couple hours. But then the next night it could be me. You know, I could have a, you know, emotional breakdown (laughs) for some reason and he just says just you know it's okay go go to bed and and the next morning we wake up and we're ready to ready to go but it's that shared it's a really a true partnership i think in every sense of the word
0: well i think i feel like the way you talk about each other is just like an example of that that you're you're demonstrating in addition to the words that you're using so thank you for sharing all of this with us (laughs) How do you, so you have a team now too. Um, How do you kind of, you know, you have this close relationship and this partnership, but when it comes to um, keeping your team aligned with your bigger goals, how do you kind of pass that down?
2: Yeah, I love talking about our team, I have to say. And it's actually a topic that might be one of my biggest joys and biggest moments of pride. And I I feel somewhat emotional in even saying this because through the process of building out this space, we've also built and developed a larger team. When Matt and I first started ESP in 2014, it was just Matt and I. It was only Matt and I through the end of 2015. And in 2016, January, we hired our first employee. And then in July of 2016, we hired our second employee. And we have just sort of slowly but surely grown. And we've grown by adding people with nothing but heart and um, dedication and passion and just really, really good, kind people. And we've never truly posted a job offer or job opportunity out there. We've had people that have come to us and said, hey, I heard about what you guys are doing or, oh, I saw your event or, you know, recently, oh, I've been following you on Instagram. Like, do you need any help? And we sort of say, maybe you know and so we've we've grown the team very organically and two days ago we sat we you know everyone is we're in the peak season of fall right now and everyone's been working so so hard and last week i think we had probably eight or nine events in one week and we had a number of just growth steps for the company and so we said we want to treat treat the group to breakfast and so on sunday matt and i were out doing our thing and said we were having breakfast at two (laughs) o'clock
1: as you do yeah we're and we were treating it as a treat to ourselves. And we said, you know, we should, we should do this for the team. So we, we dreamt it up and we put it together. And on Monday morning when they came in, we had breakfast ready and juice and Sarah and I got behind the bar and...
2: And ESP presents aprons. But we had a group of 12 and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Matt and like every single seat around this table is full. And They're all smiling and they're all laughing and they have a whole another three weeks ahead of them with a ton of work. But like, how awesome is it that we've been able to build a true little family here? And it really does feel like a family. So I feel like it's our responsibility to take care of of this group and to, you know, make sure they have a paycheck every two weeks and make sure that they feel inspired to come to their office and make sure that they feel safe
0: with their their team and their
2: employer. And it's been really, really rewarding.
0: So I know another thing that kind of unifies all of this is the fact that you do these purpose-driven events. And I wonder how you define that, first of all, and how that also keeps you centered in all of this kind of busyness and, and chaos and uh, and all the things you have going on.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I can speak to that because my, like I mentioned, my background was in nonprofit events for a number of years. So from 2005 you know, till about 2011, I produced events for Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and realized that I could create experiences that were then also driving revenue to support something that was so important. And the work that was being done and still is being done at Dana-Farber was so overwhelming to me you know, just in the sense of how they treated their patients and how they took care of their families. And, and it felt so rewarding to be able to go to a job that I could give back to um, an organization that was taking care of, taking care of very sick, sick families. And so when we had the opportunity to, to create ESP, our first client was a mental health organization. And, um, Seeing the impact of events as it relates to fundraising and nonprofits, and knowing that the dollars that we're helping raise go to crucial work—it's—it's—it's just—it sort of leaves me speechless. I guess I mean it's really we are helping some of Chicago's top charities, and we're doing it in a way that. I feel is very organic and thoughtful to their approach. We sort of say that we'd like to become an extension of an organization's brand or mission and really be able to tell their story and speak on their behalf and advocate for them and not just show up and take all their money that's supposed to be going to the work that they're doing. So we look at all of our nonprofit clients and brand clients as as true partners so that we can best deliver and best also share their message and their story and I think that you know, going back to the original question is that when we know that we've played a role in helping create something bigger or raise money for something that's uh, close to one or all of us, it really feels special.
0: Perfect. So, I mean, we're in this beautiful space. You do these events that are meaningful and, and personal and exciting to your point too. So what is next for you all? The other big question we have on We Got Goals is what's a big goal for the future and how do you plan to get there? Matt, do you want to start with this one? With your ambiguous goals? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't even put it out there, but um, oh, I, we, I, we, you can, yeah. you can put it out there, yeah. The um, it's it's almost to a point that you mentioned earlier is like, um, and it finally hit me last night of all all nights after an eighteen-hour workday is that if we can create a space with this our agency here where our friends and partners are being elevated to a point where they're successful then that's to me is accomplishing a true goal that's something i've always wanted to do and i and i i mean that um mostly about like the creative trades that we support the, the video guys the photographers the artists that we incorporate into events you know they're they're one to two three man shops and um i love that we get to kind of invest in their creativity and invest in their um their success their Businesses of creativity and that's um, Always been a goal that I wanted to achieve and I feel like we're doing that now so that feels great and then I I think we're very interested in exploring uh, the hospitality world more and how experiences impact the hospitality world so We'll see what kind of spaces that takes us into but obviously we're creating physical space now to host experiences And I'm hoping that that only grows in size and scale. That was my ambiguous goal answer. (laughs) That's good.
2: Well, and I think that I would say, um, you know, you're referencing last night. We had this amazing event with an incredible long-term, long-time client and um, very exclusive luxury car brand. And it was just so exciting to see the reaction that the guests had last night and that the clients had last night, and then the feedback of how can we do more of this. And our I would say our objective always is to create that when we produce something that someone says, how can we do more of this? How can we experience this more often? And so I think uh, for me, it's just doing more, always doing more. And uh, if that's another venue, if that's another uh, state for events, which we're in 2020, hopefully really sort of expanding nationally a little bit more. Um, Maybe we'll even be international by the end of 2020. I think it's not being afraid to look at an opportunity and say, I want that and I'm going to try for that, even if I don't know how to get there. And that, I had a conversation last night about a new opportunity and I said, I want to do it. I want to try it. And I I don't totally know the steps to get to it yet, but just like everything else, I'm going to figure it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and what I love about your experience, too, is it showed you that that's such a worthwhile strategy that even if that isn't what you end up getting, that what you do end up getting is going to be awesome yeah. and true to, to And will have taught even. me something. Yeah whether it worked or it didn't work. I was going to say, I thought I heard you say across the world at the the beginning. So I will stay tuned (laughs) for international (laughs) expansion. ESP
2: International.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before you go international, I want to make sure all of our listeners know where they can find you both physically and virtually. So um, where can people keep tabs on what's going on with ESP Presents and Exchange 312?
2: Thank you. Our headquarters is here in Chicago. We have our ESP Presents office at Exchange 312, which is located at 1714 West Division Street in Bucktown, Wicker Park. And we are here at least five, sometimes seven days a week. So our doors are always open. We love to invite people in to meet, to see, to explore, to check out what we have going on. Uh, And then we are also on the Instagram
0: at ESP Presents and at Exchange 312. Wonderful. Well, Sarah and Matt, I can't thank you enough for joining us today and again for hosting us in this gorgeous space. We really appreciate it. Thank you for thank having you. us.
1: Thank you.
0: This podcast is a sweatlife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would truly appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music, to our guests this week, Sarah Newcomb and Matt Woodburn. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and a great, big, gigantic thanks to you, our listeners.